You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to Chewing the Fat Saturday edition. Uh, Just a little bonus podcast uh, for the week. Uh, Today, we've got uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who is in the building, and I cannot allow this man and his wife to come in this building without sitting down and talking to them um, personally uh, and uh, privately. So this is the personal interview uh, with Rabbi Daniel Lappin and his wife, Susan. Um, It was really good to see him. Um, He's a tremendous man, and if you have an opportunity to listen to his podcast, you should. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast and you're not drinking out of the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher coffee mug, which you can get at shop.theblaze.com, that's a problem. And if you're sitting there today thinking to yourself, man, we should try to sell our house. (laughs) You should do that with Mercury Real Estate Services. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. They'll help you sell. They'll help you buy. They'll get you through the process. And they'll get you through the process quick and easy. And they'll get it for the most amount of money. You know, the days of just putting a for sale sign in front of your house and hoping somebody stops by and gives you all the money that you're asking for are long gone. Uh, There's a lot of different processes. uh, How your house should be presented, uh, not only in person, but online. And uh, we have thousands of real estate agents across the country that are... Uh, part of the Blaze family, uh, they you know they have our morals. They like to do, uh, they like people, and they also understand you and what you believe in. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Once you're done with uh, listening to uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapid and myself, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you someday in the future. I don't want to say exactly a day because I'm not. I know I wanted to say tonight, I wanted to say tonight because we're going to have, have the Mercury One Gala, but, you know, if somebody's listening to this on Sunday, then it's not tonight, is it? Then it's, it's not tonight. So then I'll see you when? When will I see you? I don't know when I'll see you. If, you, if I don't see you on Saturday at the gala, send me a selfie and we'll see you then, okay? <laughs> you can send me a selfie at Jeffy MRA or Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram. All right? Have a nice weekend. Thanks. So welcome, uh, welcome back, and uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, uh, the man himself, in the house with the beautiful wife Susan, uh, and of course, if they're in the house, uh, you know, the Mercury Studios, you have to have them in the in the in the studio and on the show. That's a that's a law. Wouldn't have even considered the possibility of not being here. Thank you very much. Now I know uh, you and Glenn probably. Uh, I know you were here to. Uh, we saw you on the radio show. Uh, earlier today, uh, the the 15th of November, uh, 2018. And I know that uh, he brought you in to talk a little bit about it on his uh, separate podcast, which will air sometime in the future. So I'm sure that he, you and he talked a lot about uh, liberalism and Islam walking hand in hand. I heard the tease for that. And I will get your thoughts. Uh, and I do want to talk to you about your thoughts on the impending doom that many feel. But first, a long time ago, um, you were here, and I think it was off the air. We were talking about this a certain scenario that I have thought about ever since you started talking about it. And I'm still trying to remember what the reason was that we were that you were using this scenario. And I, it may have been intent, 
But I'm going to tell you the story, and I know you'll remember it, and you'll go, oh, well, dummy, I was talking about this. But let's say you jump off a building intending to kill yourself. All right. Yes. And as you're falling, someone fires a weapon and hits you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you die, uh, is it murder? And if you live, is it attempted murder? All right. Now, remember, you started the person that got shot was intending to kill themselves. Right. And the weapon fired didn't really have an original intent on hitting anyone. But all right. Where am, where am I lost? What were we talking about? Oh, um, do you remember Susan, it all? You, you, yeah, no, I absolutely do, and and you're remembering exactly right. But uh, Susan, you can probably jump. The in only as part well. I'm questioning is it. Is, I thought the intent was to shoot the person, not that they just was accidentally shot. Yeah, no, it was. Now, there is okay. intent. He was you trying, trying to shoot to, him. Yes. Okay, so, so okay. the guy would be dead in five seconds anyway. But you made it happen earlier. Yes, right. That's okay. right. Okay. So you you took right. away five seconds of his life. Okay. And. Um, and that constitutes murder. So what we were talking about at the time um, was the idea that there are certain absolutes. For a society to function, there need to be certain uh, unchangeable absolutes. And, uh, and that murder is one of is those. Is one of them. You, you don't uh, engage in any subsequent analyses of how long of his life did you deprive him of, and uh, how old was he? How old is he from? Because if you do that, then the next logical step after that is well, it's obviously killing an old person should be less of a right. crime than killing a and young even person. Even if he had uh, uh, intended on killing himself by jumping off the it's building, it's irrelevant. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. He may have lived uh, when he hit the ground, and it's not up to you to decide that anyway. It's none of your business. Right. That's quite right. That uh, right. for society to function. Uh, they have to be those absolutes. And, and we've used that principle um, with our own children where, and I'm sure this will resonate with, with all parents, <laughs> where you, you, know, you, you hear uh, wails and crying coming from the next room. You go in and uh, you know, it's three of your kids are all at one another's necks. And, yes. and you say, okay, who started this? And they all point fingers in the other direction, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, and then somebody, well, well, he he hit me first. Another one says, "Well, I didn't hit you; I just touched you." Yes. And so we instituted exactly that same policy. In other words, we will never sit in judgment about how hard the touch was, as far as we're concerned. Uh, a right roundhouse from the shoulder is the same as a pat. <laughs> he who touches another person is liable, period. That's it. End of story. Done. It doesn't matter. Stop. And so uh, this way we, we, we solve the problem very, very quickly. It was whoever touched, whoever raised a hand first. We don't care how hard. Right. And that's where that of principle course. comes from. You, know, you shoot somebody. We're not interested in how long he had to live still. Uh, it's irrelevant. Right. So uh, your uh, podcast... Yeah, uh, the Rabbi Daniel Lappin uh, show uh, with yourself, and I know Susan. Uh, you know, like my wife from time to time uh, finds their way on the podcast, uh, yes, just absolutely. because that's what they do. And uh, it's good to have. So well, what, we, uh, we we end up writing a lot together, and see, we Susan came up with something which shocked me early in our marriage because I'm a, I'm a public figure. I speak in public a sure. lot. I broadcast. And she came up with something which, um, uh, you know, I, I really caught on. It didn't take me more than a year or two before I finally understood <laughs> it. Uh, and that was that I speak for her as well. Right. And so that meant that, uh, that in as far as it's practically possible, uh, I need to make sure that she's in agreement right. with it's things okay. that I say publicly. Yeah. So. 
you know, occasionally if I'm doing an interview and somebody asks me a question and it's out of the blue and I've, I've just got to answer, it happens, you know. And then she'll sometimes say, I didn't agree with the answer you gave to that person. We'll discuss it. and uh, Sure. And, and, uh, and yeah, other times it it's fine. But, but basically um, every now and then she's on the, the show with me because it's something that either she has done much more research on than I have. Yeah, and so I can right. either say, this is what Susan told me, or just let her tell you herself. So you teased uh, something on uh, the uh, the radio show that broadcasts out of this building every day by some guy, I don't know, Glenn, his name is, something like that. <laughs> yes. and, uh, 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 know, whoever owns indebted. this stupid building, I don't know, uh, about uh, re-issuing uh, uh, one of your earlier books yes. with oh, new material. Yes. Uh, when can we look forward to that, and what were you talking about? Okay, this is one of the very good examples of why there is a benefit in having Susan and me on your show. So we'll <laughs> answer that question separately. Nice. I'll uh, give uh, your me, answer. Your answer will be, oh, three, four months. Yes, that's my answer. Three, four months. Yes. Okay. My answer is it's not going to happen until certain things get in place, and uh, if they don't get in place... There's not going to be a new book, but I really hope there is because it's a great book. So things should get in place by three, four months, and mm. then it will happen, right? <laughs> yes, uh, that's how no. I see it. Thank you. I say three, four years, but I'd love to oh, go. Yeah, I like yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. early. Oh. We did After we teased it today, it can't be yeah. that No, it long. will. It, it can be. It will be. Because um, it's, it's, um, there's so much. It's the such subtitle a great book. The subtitle of the book is, and, and this this came out 20 years. Is it? Tw I think it's exactly 20. Close. Yeah. Yeah, 20, 20 years. Years. Close to 20 years ago. And um, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm excited. The more I, I look back on this book, the more impressed I am with yeah. me. Uh, or, and, with <laughs> Su and with Susan as well, because um, it's things that are, are just are truer now than they ever were then. Uh, so it was, a little, it was a little prophetic back then, unintentionally, but it was. Uh, so the subtitle is An Orthodox Jewish Rabbi Explains, Insists That uh, Judeo-Christian Values Are Vital for Our Nation's Survival. And in the book, gotcha. I explain why, why the majority of self-identified American Jews are on the wrong side of things, why they're liberal. I talk about it. I explain that. Sure they were a fan and, of that. Uh, sorry? I'm sure they were a fan of that. Um, well, in the first few years after the book came out, um, we used to get hate mail uh, in I believe Hebrew. that, yeah. We, we, but I think that was really what, what started the book was that in all honesty, people wherever you went asked you that question. Yes. They said, obviously, the way the liberal movement is going in America, not pure liberalism, but the, what's happening, right. is going to end up in anti-Semitism. It's going to end up being bad for Which the Jews. Which it has. And it has. And how can, why do Jews keep on voting for this? Right. Right. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. So, um, so we realized, is, the book, we, we secured the rights to republish the book. We're going to do that. And nice. when we wrote it, nobody knew the word Muslim. It wasn't there. Right. Yeah, this is before um, the first World Trade Center attack, before 9-11. And, uh, and so this changes, this changes everything. And, and the, the real question that, that we think is the centerpiece of the book is we're going to explain the answer to a baffling question, which is how can American liberalism advocate and befriend aggressive Islam, particularly since they will become its first victims if Sharia ever gets established. No question. And, and how is that? I mean, re really, and, uh, and I know you probably talked a long answer with Glenn to this, but I, I, I don't want to wait to watch his silly podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> Although I will because you're on it. But uh, uh, why is that? I mean, because we see it in action. Yes, and it, it seems obvious 
to okay. Well, the clue many of us the, that they're going to you're going to end up eating your own, and you're on the wrong side of it. What right. You, so the clue is that. Uh, the left wants to destroy America's oil industry and America's coal industry, right? Okay. Hard to argue with that. Uh, what they want is sustainable energy. And so what they Good like luck. pushing is wind and yeah, whatever uh, solar. solar yeah. In spite of the fact that everybody, including the New York Times, the, the holy sacrament of the left, yes. uh, agrees that these are non-viable. Okay. If they were, we would be using them. Yeah, they're just not viable yet. Maybe they will be one day, maybe they won't. But right now, they're not, not Correct. even close. Uh, the one thing that actually is viable is nuclear power. Right, and, and we haven't know, updated that. We're in a far long. cry from Fukushima. We're a far cry yeah. from um, yeah. uh, Chernobyl. We actually could be, and they don't want that either. No, they do not. So the answer is that the left is filled with an implacable loathing for Western civilization. That's all this is. Yeah, and uh, in that they have a common cause with Islamic Jihad. You know, we mustn't forget that. Uh, institutional memory in Islam runs uh, long. And so uh, it's not a coincidence that Muhammad Atta chose September the 11th for the attack because in their world, it's better known than in ours that the last time a uh, Muslim attack on the West was thwarted was at the gates of Vienna in 1683 in the month of September on the 11th day. Uh, and so it, you know, it was it was time to to put that right, as it were, and Correct. mount another assault on the West, the the dominant symbols of the West. So so that's really part of it. I mean, what what drives the uh, the anger and the fury on the American university campus? And the campus, of course, is the the temple of American leftism. Are you uh, just pause for just a minute because I want you to get back to that? But are you even uh, allowed to drive by? A college campus, a university campus. <laughs> I mean, is there some? Do they even allow you to be close to a okay, university so campus? I, I hope so, I but I'm guessing not. On university campuses, um, I hope you take Susan with well, you for, oh, for only <laughs> only under the auspices of Ron Robertson's um, um, Young America's, Young America's Foundation. Foundation. Okay, because I I believe in that organization. I believe okay. in Ron. I think what they're doing. So when they ask me to, I do. Other than that, I do not speak on university campuses um, for the very simple reason that they they don't like paying my fee. And I'm like anyone else. I, I, I think economics are, are important. You've got to feed the family. Um, well, it's not only that. It's a measure of my value to you. And so if if I'm not worth the fee, why would I want to come? There? Like, if you don't think I'm worth it. You're not a charitable organization. Right. And so that's really a large a large part of it. Um, you know that that would that that's a that's not a bad uh, thought to hold for many people across the country in today's world that you need to be worth you need to feel that you're worth you, you know, know what you are. Uh, there's also there there is too much hostility towards uh, wealth. Have you noticed? That, oh my uh, gosh! You know, stinking rich. Well, in my experience, it's a lot more stinking to be poor than it is to be rich. No kidding. I mean, look, uh, look at the look at the, and I use this word as not as the pun it is, but look at the heat that the Kardashians are getting for hiring a private uh, firefighters to yes. save their home, and eventually, because they did that, saved a neighborhood. Right, and you're also and, getting. I mean, Amazon moving to Long Island uh, in New York. There's a set, and guess what? 
all that anybody's talking about there is how dare they build a helipad for Jeff Bezos' <laughs> right. helicopter. Yeah. Right. This is incredible resentment. It's amazing. Um, and so, and I think it's a mistake. You know, it, it allows politicians to do things like saying, uh, you may remember the famous statement by President Obama, the rich must pay their fair yeah, share. fair share. Right, they don't define who the rich is, and they don't define, they define what, what fair the fair means. share is. So all of these things. So anyway, the fair share is everything. Yeah, well, the fair everything, share is everything, everything you got. But and the riches, thank you. you next year. Yes. All right, so it's going to be everybody. But anyway, if, just for those reasons, I, I think it's important to, to, be, uh, um, to be okay. You know, uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio had this great line playing Howard Hughes in the movie The Aviator and he's dating Catherine Hepburn and he's talking about uh, one of the, the, the economic success of one of the planes and then Mrs. Hepburn, the mother, looks down her nose at him and she says, in this house, we don't like talking so much about money. And he quickly snaps back and he says, that's because you got it. <laughs> Sorry, years later, Chelsea Clinton said that a few years ago. What was that, Susan? She was on, she was, you know, had just had these tremendous jobs that, of course, she got only because of, of who her parents are. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And she made a comment about how she just doesn't like to think about money. Well, yeah, when you <laughs> yeah. just had a million dollar wedding, you know, yeah. you, you didn't have to think about it and, too much, And did during you? those days, and she actually has to start thinking about it a little bit, although hubby is, uh, you know, she married uh, someone who was uh, uh, quite well off himself, but... But now, uh, that was back in the days when everybody was dumping money into the Clinton Foundation. That's right. They weren't worrying about anything at all because every time they turned around, a few more million was being popped into that account. That's exactly right. So anyway, that's what I'm saying. Yes. I, don't, I don't speak at universities a whole lot just because it's not economically viable for me to do so. But uh, I do whenever uh, Young America's Good. Foundation. That, that, that. So uh, most recently was a, a college in Northern California. And uh, yeah, as, as you'd expect. Um, it, it was unbelievable. <laughs> well, my favorite, Barbarians. they targeted the campus with people, asking people to come protest this terrible person who was coming to campus. And it said, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And then it went through, he racist and homophobe and anti everything. Amazing. And dot, dot, dot. And this one is capital letters. And a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was an Islamophobe. <laughs> everything, you um, everything. A, a but not only that, a, a capitalist. A, a, a but the worst, yeah. yeah the, the worst was, was the capitalist. building up to that one. <laughs> it's, so, it's fascinating to me that we've allowed that to happen, but we certainly have. We certainly have. And I, I, Look, we, I mean, the way I see it is that, uh, is that this is really no different. You know, imagine, um, imagine what happens if um, – uh, a, a Nazi was pointing his pistol at a Jew in November 1938 in Berlin. And um, the Jew says, hmm, interesting that you should be pointing that uh, offensive weapon at me. Why don't we head over to the nearest uh, bar and we'll sit down, we'll have a symposium on your feelings about it. Right? What happens is the Nazi pulls the trigger. Right. Or in, in 720 when the Muslims were invading Spain, you know, imagine a priest, a Catholic priest, would have stepped into the path of the Muslim hordes and said, you guys, you'll probably find it interesting to hear my viewpoint on the idea of religious pluralism on the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> right? They'd have taken off his head. And I think that's exactly what's going on on the campus. It's a religious war. It's a war between the religion of secular fundamentalism and the religion of a more traditional Judeo-Christian-based system. They don't care about what I'm going to say. I am a heretic. And what you do is 
you silence, silence. and preferably kill heretics. That's preferably what you do. So other than, I hesitate to say, other than to uh, retaliate, how do we win? What, what is the retaliation that wins? Well, we first of all shut down all the universities. They're doing no good at all, other, you know, other than science, technology, engineering, math colleges. But uh, all the, the liberal arts and, um, and, you know, why are we wasting so much money and allowing people to build up student debt for courses on um, uh, race and gender in medieval literature? Like, who, who cares? <laughs> oh, back well, to that's money. actually one of the, that even sounds almost plausible. That it sounds, does. It a, does actually yeah. sound plausible. But how about plausible. in The Simpsons? I mean, that, everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, so the, back to money, you see. If nobody is going to pay you or employ you in a job with something you're learning at university, that's a good idea. It's a good hint. You shouldn't be doing it. That's probably true, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, initially, we, uh, the idea that, that society continues to be taxed, you and me pay taxes to keep the university system open. and sure it's finished. It has to be restarted. It's, it's, it's cancerous. Sure it has to be excised. And it needs to be rebuilt completely. And they know that it's uh, backed up. You know, when the government said that uh, they would be okay with taking, you know, they're going to help with the student loans. Yeah. Um, that makes. I mean, the universities were able to raise their prices, and who's going to say no? Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's a great system. But don't forget that today's uh, tenured professors are the radicals of the 1960s. Yeah, they sure are. So um, they're they're living the dream on your dollar and mine. No kidding. All right. So, so okay. So that's number one. Yeah. Number one, that's our first retaliation. Number two is to remember that um, this country came into being. The War of Independence was won against the British because of fuel that flowed from the pulpits of colonial churches. You know, it's so funny that you said that because I'm sure there's a big list. And it might actually be a book for you to write of the the list of retaliation uh, to win. But one of the things that I wrote down uh, this morning after you and I talked about – chatting this afternoon i wrote down a church synagogue fellowship attendance is down for many if not all religions many saying that they would prefer to worship at home why is that what what is so important about actually worshiping together uh, because there when when like-minded people get together the the sum total isn't just the sum of the numbers in other words um you know let's imagine you and i had an interest in in achieving some goal either uh, business-wise or whatever it was. I hope it wasn't anything to do with capitalism, I'll tell you yeah, that. Right, heaven forbid. <laughs> right. And, you know, imagine that you by yourself could come up with 10 good ideas in an hour. And let's say I could do the same. If we got together, that doesn't mean that in an hour we come up with 20 good ideas. We come up with 100. Right. There's a okay. multiplication factor. And that's what happens when people get together. And, um, and whether it's uh, at a university on that side of things, or whether it's in a church uh, or an orthodox synagogue, uh, on the on the good side of things, it gets. Or by the way, um, when Glenn, do you remember the gathering in the mall? I do. Okay, he he may not like it when I tell him, but I think 
he played a role in the election of Donald Trump in 2016 because, <laughs> you know, there were tens of thousands of people yeah. there who went away feeling unified, feeling they can do something and they can. Yes. When people get together, uh, it's immensely powerful on, on for good and for bad. For good and bad. So and we uh, see we we see and so bad that, reporting. That's really what happened at the time of the the war for independence. A second great religious reawakening in America, of course, was the abolition of slavery, which again people don't like remembering, but again, it was propelled by pastors and priests from the pulpits of American churches. That's what yeah. ended slavery. Yeah. And the same thing was true in the United Kingdom. Wilberforce and the others, this was all religiously driven. And so um, we look forward to a third religious reawakening in America, and um, and we're optimistic about it because we we mix with people who, who are actively engaged in that. So uh, uh, we're, we're not without hope. I, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I'm close. I'm close to be without hope. You look yeah. around. I mean, I feel, I feel like uh, we're close to being doomed. Gosh, and, and you're uh, in Dallas, and you feel like. A, <laughs> imagine what it'd be like if you were in San Francisco. I can, as a matter of fact, I can imagine that. Susan, fact, give, last, a, give a word of optimism for Jeff. Yes, thank you. You know, I do think that. Look, the, the young people are immigrate. Leaving immigration aside, look, it's a problem. That's a very serious problem oh of bringing gosh. in people, and we don't anymore have an American value. And my grandparents came as immigrants; they knew what becoming an American meant. We don't know what it means. I mean, people who've been here for seven, cent- you know, generations no longer share a view of what does it mean to be an American. So, how can you ask That's other true. people to buy into that? But leaving aside but she's that, supposed to be making this optimistic. I'm, I'm waiting for okay. the optimistic okay. part. Yeah. No, this is, so <laughs> the fact is, I think that um, look, I think we've been brainwashing young people. They, have, I mean, and technology is a problem because they are. It is a an addictive thing, yeah. and they get taken, and then there's. But it's also wonderful. All, it yeah, is I mean, no, it is wonderful. But for young brains, where they're being trained to not think for themselves, and then they go to college, and they're also told it used to be you went to college to think, and that's where I would differ with my husband that it wasn't only to earn a skill that you could earn a living, but you would became educated. People aren't becoming educated anymore; they're being coming propagandized. Right, they're told what to think. You used to go to learn logic and debate and you t- well, how that to was express the, yourself i mean that was the original just to put a pause on that but that was the original idea behind becoming tenured right is that you could become tenured at a university that way you were not you were free right you were free to think yeah and free to expand yeah. your mind but now they turn that into free to brainwash yeah. if you want to see how good an idea tenure is just look at the post office right <laughs> And by the way, I, I've always wanted to be Postmaster General as a side note. So, I mean, if you don't want someone to run that place for you, I'm happy to do that for you. <laughs> but I do think that, um, you know, we have kids, we see them, we see their friends. And I yeah. think there is a yearning. People, you know, a lot of kids have grown up without families, without an intact family. They, they've, they've, we've really done very badly by a generation in many, in many cases as America as a whole. And I think that there is a yearning for, and and I think truth does speak. And if we can learn how to speak and how to care for these people, I think they will. They are open. You know, the whole walkaway campaign are young people who are saying, "I'm thinking for myself." Yeah. Now you notice that hasn't been on the cover, as, as far as I know, of the New York Times magazine no, or ti- of anything. You know, the march no, we, took we place. Cover, Couldn't we, find yeah, a we word cover, of it. We cover a lot of uh, a lot of bad. So and I no think good. I think a lot of it is to be able to highlight those things, so that people who've never heard of it say, "Whoa!" I you read four stories and you go, "That's amazing." Right. Right. So. Um, all right, I'll put a little smile on my face. Thank you. <laughs> Fine. 
the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, available uh, the same place you can find this podcast, wherever free podcasts are sold. Uh, it's a must listen, so download it and subscribe and rate and review. And you know what you can do for the, the Rabbi Daniel Lappin and his wife Susan when you're rating and reviewing his podcast? Just rate and review it like you do mine. 20 stars, best podcast ever. <laughs> You're done. Nice and easy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's great to Thank see you, you both. Thank you for having us. Great to Thank see you, you again. Thank you.